Hello guys and welcome to today's episode of the EXP podcast. Now before we get into the main recording of today's show I just wanted to give you some context to kind of frame the conversation for you. So on today's episode I was delighted to be joined by Brenton Smith. Now Brenton is one of our partner agents based over in Grantham and Brenton I'd go as far to say is a little bit of a unicorn. He's got an interesting story. Now, Brenton was a founding territory owner at Purple Bricks. So he joined them virtually on day one of business. So of course, he had a front row seat for all the trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, the growth, the setbacks, the questions, everything that those guys went through over their first half a decade in business. But ultimately, he decided at one point in time that Purple Bricks wasn't the way that he saw the industry going and certainly not the way that he saw his business and his career going. So effectively, Brenton joined EXP in a bid to set his own business up under his terms at fees that he sets, at volume that he controls with his name above the door. Now, I was fortunate enough to be partnered with Brenton quite closely. We had an open dialogue and I spoke to him a lot in the early stages of him forming his business with us. But effectively, Brenton decided to leave, but he didn't leave to go and join another partnership model or to go back into the hybrid space. Rather, Brenton left to set up completely independently. So without any sort of partnership model, he was on his own two feet. He felt as though that would be better for the growth and the future of his business. Now, Brenton did that for a period of time and ultimately decided to make a little bit of a U-turn and come back to EXP, rejoining us at the point that we recorded today's podcast. Now, I've got a lot of admiration for that because I feel as though as people, and not to stereotype, but certainly as salespeople, sometimes we could hang our hat on a certain peg, we make a decision, and regardless of whether or not that transpires to be the right decision, we can continue going in and paying into something that's not serving us. Whereas Brenton identified the peaks and the troughs and the pros and the cons of each framework and ultimately decided to do a U-turn and come back to EXP to grow his business for the future months and years. So obviously that's something that we unpack in quite some detail over the course of today's recording. And the reason why Scott and I wanted to share this episode with you today is because we're not ignorant to the fact that there are a lot of people on the outskirts looking into models like EXP and other models besides trying to work out what the best fit is for them and their goals and their business in both the short and the long term. So because Brenton has got first-hand um, experience in the hybrid space in EXP and being completely independent, we felt as though there was a story there that we absolutely had to share to our listeners on this show. So with that said, sit back, find yourself a comfy spot, get yourself a hot cuppa or something stronger and enjoy today's recording. You're listening to Conversations of Inspiration with Ben Moore and Scott Gunn on the EXP podcast. The show that brings you expert insights from those who have had an exponential impact on their industries. They say that success leaves footprints, so take a walk with us as we explore all things growth, business and mindset every Monday from 7am. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's show. Three, two, one. Hello, Mr. Smith. How are you? I'm really well. A bit hot and a bit uncomfortable, it's but I'm okay. It's too hot today, too hot today. It is, and you've got a black long sleeve shirt on, a very nice black long sleeve shirt, mate, but it's making me feel even These hotter. are wrong. <laughs> Good thing. You've got everything covered here. Well, I'd roll those sleeves up as well. It looks like quite a posh watch, so I don't blame you for a second, mate. Sunshine or rain. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. 
So good to weather chat to one side. I know that that's the most uh, British way to ever introduce a video, but um, as much as I could talk about the weather all afternoon, we're here to talk about you, my friend, and your career and what's been going on in your life over the course of the last six months. So I guess before we go into that and I start picking your brains and going through all that kind of good stuff, for anyone who's not familiar with you, Brenton, or your story or who you are and what you do, um, do you want to introduce yourself in, in a minute or two? Yeah, 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 sure. So, um, you know, I'm an ex-territory owner from a well-known hybrid estate agency. I helped set them up probably six, seven years ago uh, from day one. Um, built a really good team up in Nottinghamshire and Leicestershire. Um, and in some areas became number one in those, in those areas. Um, and then in the pandemic, in the middle of the pandemic last year, September, decided to uh, jack that all in, being sort of self-employed in brackets employed, and uh, become properly self-employed, as I call it. Okay, brilliant. So let's just do a little bit deep dive into that, mate. What was it that um, got you to come out of your previous role? Oops, say the name, like not being derogatory, Purple Bricks, you came out of that company, um, and then obviously you came over to EXP fairly soon after that exit. Given that you was already self-employed, and it's not to me to reveal the money that you was earning, Brenton, but I know you've earned good money in the past. What was it that caused you to step away from that and come into a model like EXP? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of people think I'm crazy because the the money was was very good. Um, it was it was quite high. Uh, it was quite comfortable. Um, to, put this day, into con to put this into context, mate. So you as a CEO, how many LPs did you have, kind of within your organisation, if you like, or uh, stewardship? 13. Okay. Yeah, it varied up and down, but generally when I finished, it was on 13 um, LPs covering all around, I say Nottinghamshire and Leicestershire. And so, yeah, things are good. And I was mentoring them and managing them and, and looking after them. And when I started, you know, it was sold as it was my own business. And it felt very much like that at the start, that it was that it was my own business. Um, obviously, things changed with the history of, of uh, Purple Bricks, and it would got to a stage where, to be fair, I was just helping build their brand, and the local project expert wasn't really mentioned. It was all about the branding Purple Bricks, which is a very, very good brand, um, and I just felt left to the side. I was building somebody else's brand, um, and I didn't feel, obviously, I could give all the decisions that I wanted to do um, because I was obviously I had to go from decisions higher up at uh, Purple Bricks. And I think when, when there's a pandemic, you know, we was all sitting at home for a year or if not, if not longer, you start thinking things and, you know, what's the future look like uh, for a state agency, for, for Purple Bricks and everything. And I've always wanted to run my own estate agency. I always had that sort of little niggle in the back of my head and saying, run your own estate agency, you know, Brenton Smith estate agents, just go for it. Um, and I was pleased that my wife supported me. I thought she wouldn't do because she's also on furlough and still on furlough <laughs> now. So I thought, she keep say, are you crazy, man? We're giving up all this, you know, really good uh, sort of, uh, I say salary, but uh, money each month I was invoicing. And, uh, and she fully backed me and said, and said, go for it. It's interesting though, mate, because, you know, the money that you was earning um, in your previous role, I think that that would be a good 
aspirational benchmark for a lot of people. There's people who see that kind of income and think one day I hope to earn that much. And it's, you know, there's something quite telling about the fact that you got there and you was earning decent cash. But I think it comes to a point, and I know it's all, I hate it on people, or I used to hate it when people say this, because once you've got money, it's all well and good to say that money's not everything. But genuinely, you get to a point where you realise, actually, whether I earn 100 grand a month, 10 grand a month, 5 grand a month, a grand a month, you know, that's not all what happiness is. There's other things. And I think for you, you probably came to a crossroads where it was more about um, legacy to an extent. It was about doing things your way, did that fulfilment piece, I guess, that kind of only comes when it's your name up in lights. Is that sort of the conclusion that you came to, that it wasn't yeah, all about money? You know, okay, at the start, look, you start something, it's about the money, it's about the wages and whatever. But you do come to realise, you're right, it, it's not all about the money. The money helps, but then it's, you know, beyond money. If someone said, look, I'll give you a million quid a year wage, you know, what, what fulfilment are you going to get from that? You're probably yeah. going to get pretty bored quite quickly yeah. um, with, with that sort of money uh, coming into it. So it wasn't about the money, you're right, it was about building a legacy and more so a legacy for my family. So, you know, God forbid if I was to go tomorrow and I was at the previous role, there would be nothing left for them. Yeah. They'd be like, what's dad left us? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, when with my own business, uh, at least I'm building that legacy. You know, whether the kids want to go into agency, that's up to them. I won't, I won't force them too much. But the options there. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and here's a question for you then, mate, because obviously me and you were speaking for quite some time where you was weighing up your options and looking at that transition. Um, I don't mind saying it took you a while to come to the conclusion and to yeah. kind of get yourself in a place where you were taking the steps. Yeah. So what, 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 a lot of people can probably empathise because I know a lot of people watch from the sidelines, they have conversations, they watch videos, listen to podcasts, they do their own research before they put their head above the parapet. What was it that took you so long? Was it just an information overwhelm? Was it uncertainty? Was it, it... it was just, I think it was, it's a massive decision. Um, look, you know, whatever decision I made, it's going to affect the family. You know, we want to still make sure we can live in the same house and, you know, I can buy kids shoes and, uh, and they can eat. So it was obviously a lot of pressure um, when you're giving up uh, quite a good role. And so I, want to, I wanted to make sure the decision I was made, that I made was the right one. So delved in to look at different self-employed models. I looked at doing it completely on my own, direct with the portals. Um, obviously, I looked at EXP, um, Keller Williams, uh, and a few others, and, and just really delved into them, met up with a few people from the other um, sort of businesses, and, and that's when I, I made my decision. Okay, and what was it that brought you over to EXP back then? Was it a, just a, a gut feeling? Was it the commercials? Was it a cultural thing? Was it what, what was it that put the EXP it was, top? I think it was a bit of both. The main thing that I know this sounds, it was just simple. Not as a, it's simple, but it was the the way that the split was with the money, the finances, yeah, the commercials was just very very straightforward. Look, it's a seven thirty split. You know, you pay £125 a month plus VAT. That's it. It's just so straightforward. Yeah. Um, when other companies make it, you know, percentage of this, percentage of that, and it gets very, very confusing. Um, and at the same time, I just think it was the culture seemed very good. I could see that EXP culture growing. 
and, and I could see the support network. And what I liked, especially with Mr. Adam Day, there wasn't a hierarchy. He wasn't coming in windmilling saying, I'm the big boss of the UK for EXP, come and join me. He was just a guy recruiting people going around the UK and everyone was on a level playing field. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, was the, that was a big thing for me, the no hierarchy. There wasn't and, a director of this, a director of that. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? I think that's, uh, not to take this conversation too far onto a different tangent, but <laughs> I think that's absolutely huge because that, that's one thing that I love about, about the framework in that it really does put a level landscape out there for people. You're not being promoted or you're not getting to a certain point or earning a certain amount of money based on who you know, how well you got on with the boss, your gender. Um, you know, I'll say there's still a big inequality, male versus female. I think it's very honest that everyone pays the same amount. Everyone gets the same splits. Everyone's got the same opportunity, same scalability. Everyone's got the same cap. Everything's just equal. So it's down to you. If you want to go and earn 20 grand a year, that's amazing. If you want to try and push that to 200 grand a year or half a million pound a year, then that's your prerogative as well. And I think there's something very honest about that model. The fact that people are allowed to spread their wings and do things, you know, their it's way. It's just down to the individual then, isn't it? Of course, you can't blame anybody else. You know, you can't blame higher management or somebody else or someone's advertising this correctly. It's you at the end of the, end of the day. Yeah. So let's break this down then. So you came um, over from Purple Bricks. You came into EXP, a very scary transition, a big step for anyone. Um, you got in, you bedded yourself into the business. Me and you built quite a good relationship. You got to know Adam, a few other people, got some support from our guys over in the US. Uh, started growing your business in Grantham. Um, had to grind, churn, put some work in, put some you know hard yards in to get those initial instructions, but you did it. You got some beautiful properties, did some great yeah. videos. I absolutely got my cap to that. I, I remember seeing your first ever video on that 900 grand uh, property, and I was like, wow, that was some presentation. I had a good so, thing it sold it, which is even better. Yeah, well, it always helps, mate. It always helps. Um, but what I'm trying to say is you was doing all the right things. You was getting off to a decent start. The stepping yeah. stones were in place. The success was coming through. Um you seem to fit in quite well, and then you left. <laughs> so talk me through what it was like starting your business, finding your feet. How did that compare to what you was doing before? And ultimately, why did you leave us? I think that's the million-dollar question. It's like, yeah, I left because of the money. Didn't really. I left because it's all about the money. Uh, and it's completely not. Um, I think, look, the obvious that everyone says, yeah, you know, you've obviously come back to EXP, because when you go solely on your own, the overheads go, you know, they go through the roof, 100%. And, you know, the overheads are high. Um, the sales are taking longer to come in at the moment, four or five months for completions. And they're saying, look, that's why you've come back to EXP. It's a lot cheaper. I'm not going to lie that there's an element of that, of course. Um, you know, it's not, it's nothing personal. Um, you know, as a businessman, you have to look at your spreadsheets, what's going in and out. And you've got to decide on, on which way to go. So yeah, that was a, a, a small factor. Um, I, I think yeah, I think the biggest thing, I may get a t-shirt, say the grass is never greener on, on the other side. So, you know, I left EXP and you've got to think I left this sort of culture. And, you know, at the time when I left, there was about 70 agents. It was about 235 now. So, you know, I left six months ago. And there's about 70 agents, got to know everybody, we're networking, Facebook workplace. And, and um, it was nice to have that interaction. So then day one I left, 1st of April, it was 
me on my own and really no mates. And I was like, who do I talk to about support, etc. And yeah, you, know, you want to bounce ideas off people about marketing, you know, gaining more instructions. I can't keep going back to the wife and saying that, you know, she's Mate, and, and that's huge. And sorry to interrupt because I, I know that there's a lot more for you to say on this, but I think a lot of people underestimate that. So I think it's a point worth highlighting mm -hmm. in that, you know, I've, I've I've done the same thing, but the opposite way around. So I was completely independent, alone, alone, if you like, without any hub model or partnership uh, program before. And that was one thing that I underestimated how lonely it can be being an entrepreneur, doing things, you know, standalone. You need somebody to share success. You need someone to high five. You need someone to pick you up when you're feeling down, someone to challenge you thinking if you're about to do something stupid and someone to urge you on your way if it is that you're on the brink of genius. It's so important to have that sort of wolf pack, if you like, around you, you know, with social creatures and having that social support can't be underestimated. Well, and I think people, look, people do set up agency all the time. They go and set high street branches up, they set agencies up, but most of them are in a partnership. They have a business partner and there's normally two of them doing it. You know, things may have been different for me if I had a business partner. Don't think I could work with a business partner because <laughs> I, I wouldn't listen to them. Like, that's my idea. Um, but yeah, most people do it as, as a team. So you've naturally got someone to bounce off. Um, but when you're alone or alone, it's a, it's a massive, scary place. Awesome. You know, and, and I jumped into it and it was great. You know, I'm, I'm then going out listing. You know, my, my I think also part of um, sort of leaving was that I wanted my, my own brand, my own logo, and I was fixated on it. And I would go back and tell myself now, stop being so stupid, it's just you, you're yeah. the brand. Don't need, I mean, my brand's pretty straightforward. It was just, you know, Brenton Smith uh, estate agents. Yeah. It's not really much, much um, difference. And I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, the customer really doesn't care if, and this isn't just us saying anecdotally, clearly you've seen for yourself now, you've tested the concept, whether it's Brenton Smith, Brenton Smith with the XP, Brenton Smith, estate agent, estate agency. They're not, they're not bothered. The odds that match them is the Brenton Smith part. I one of my vendors and said, this is uh, logo A, this is logo B. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what, what have you done that there's yeah. there's there's nothing any any different and and the biggest thing is that all, all the vendor cares about is you're selling the house i care about giving that service to them you know as long as i can provide that bespoke service from selling the house right to you know through to completion and handing over the keys you know that's the bit i like yeah uh, is achieving from a to b and yeah. that customer then you know is happy that's all i want at the end of the day with, and that's why all the logo and everything really, really, you know, doesn't doesn't matter at all. No. So um, let's look at let's look at the challenges that you've gone through over the last twelve months, mate. So first off, can you tell me what the challenges or the main notable points of difference might be from someone coming over from a hybrid type setup, not necessarily purple bricks, but we'll just use them as an example because that's relevant to your experience. What was the biggest? culture shock what was the most challenging what was the most exciting thing even about coming from a pb into an exp when you first made that move over anything any, any tips little, that you give? yeah it's a little bit different for me because i came over as a territory owner so i haven't been before i came over you know i was four years valuing on the road and then for the last two years i literally setting an sat in my own office and i was managing a team of lps 
So I hadn't even been out valuing for two years. I didn't want to two. So that was really interesting to get back into it, to get yeah. back into your things. Back on um, the front line. And, and straight away, straight into evaluation, you find your roots again and you, you just go out. And, you know, for the first six months, I was on 100% conversion rate. I'd go out, um, say what I'm going to give, what service, uh, and we'll just go from there. Um, look, I'm going to be honest, I haven't won all of them since then. There's one or two that you lose, you can't keep it at 100%. I want to try and keep my 100% record. You know, I'm probably on, I think, 85, 90% now. Most things I go out to um, our list. So that was a bit daunting going into the living room and starting all over again. And well, this, then, is, this is the thing and an, an interesting point that you make there because I mean, don't quote me on this um, exactly what it is at the moment, but generally speaking for a business that's um, corporate brand driven, they're probably going to expect, I think on the lower side, anywhere from 30, maybe up to 50% conversion in the living room to sign business. Whereas what we're seeing across the estate, and not even just for you, Brenton, but for me, for, for, for many of our partners, is that because they're building the business around them, and this might take a little while to wash through because social media needs to catch up and people need to learn about you and be educated over time. But effectively, you're getting called out to few evaluations but because you're getting so much of the split, you don't need as many valuations, you don't need as much stock, but also you're getting in the living room and it's almost like the business is yours to lose because they've bought into branding over time, right? So it's not as if you're a statistic where you're going to get one in three anymore. It tends to be the case that you're going to get anywhere from 60 to 80% generally is what we're finding. Yeah, and I think that's that's also part of the culture shock. So I went from, let's say, you know, um, agents getting three to five valuations a day, yeah. seven days a week. First day, you launch on whatever day, a Monday, on the first of the month, and you're sitting there and you go, okay, well, the phone's not ringing. I've got no valuations. And, and I think that's the culture shock because the other agencies, you're, you're spoon-fed. Evaluate. Look, I used to work at the high street before uh, Purple Bricks. I was still given the valuations as a value. Sure. You know, I know you've got one or two yourself, Jen, but... You know, generally, you get given the the valuations, and yeah, yeah, you're not you're not you're not incentivized enough to self gen a lot of the time, are you? Why would you go to that extra effort? Well, I think also with, with with purple bricks, you know, you 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 get all the valuations on a plate, really. Yeah. So it, it 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 doesn't generate lazy estate agency. It generates um, what would you call it? Being spoon fed, where you're just comfortable. You'd, see, what used to happen is once valuations used to dip, everyone just complained and say, "Where's my valuations?" You know, they would go to the management and say, look, I've got no valuations, where are they? And it's like, it's if it's your own self-employed business, it's up to you to go and get your valuations. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else. So that's that's a big culture shock. So I went from thinking I was going to be going out every day valuing. But now what the, the difference has been, let's say you do one valuation a week, but you're generally going to do that valuation and list that property. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to massify numbers. You really don't. You really don't. And obviously, I'm an ex TO as well from Purple Bricks. Like, I, I left it a number of years ago now, but ultimately, I've, I've lived that life as well. And it's not a criticism of agents because I've been the first to say I was spoiled. You know, I you know, you get used to going to bed on a on a Wednesday, waking up on Thursday morning, and suddenly you've got two or three more valuations in your diary. It's not the real world. And I can say, and it sounds like you've been through the same sort of experience, that when I came to do things by myself, I felt a bit guilty. I'm gonna be honest, mate, because I felt as though I wasn't being busy, I wasn't being proactive enough. Why the hell am I not seeing two, three, four people a day? It took a little while for me to adjust to the fact that 
actually, instead of doing four vowels a day, it's absolutely fine to do four vowels a month as long yeah. as I'm signing up three or four out of those four valuations that I'm going to. Did you struggle with guilt? Did you feel as though you weren't doing enough or did you find your feet quite quickly and adjust to that change in pace? I think what was interesting, you do get to spend more time with the family. You know, and I know it's people say it, you can take the kids to school, pick them up, you know, um, me and the wife will go out for lunch in the day, we'll go for a coffee. But at the end of the day, look, I've still got this, you know, I'm, I'm on this 24 yeah. hours a day. Yeah. yeah. So wherever I go, my office is is like completely mobile. Yeah. Uh, wherever I'm, wherever I'm, I'm going. So you, that was that was great timing, by the way, on that message just pinging through then as we used to. Oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it was. Yeah, so it's only, it's only a 1.5. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back to them. But uh, yeah, so, um, you know, it, the, the, the guilt side was, was slight, slightly there, but I'd been working from home for seven years with Purple Bricks. So I, I was used to the changes of not going into an office and doing a morning meeting and, yeah. and being there nine till six, you know, seven days a week. Um, so I'm sort of used to the culture that side of, of being flexible. So like, yeah, sometimes I'll work at eight, nine o'clock at night, but I may not start till 10 in the morning, you know, 10 yeah. in the morning. I'm yeah. still putting hours in later. Yeah. So, you know, who's de who decides, right, we've got to have this mentality of working nine till five, where did that come from? You know, it's in the 1950s when it came, when it came into the workplace, why do you nine till five? Um, yeah. It was lives are different now. People work different shifts and different well, ways and, and they just want that flexibility yeah and i think it just comes down to you know i know this is really cliche straight out of the cliche book but sometimes it's about working smarter and not working harder you know why do you need to be doing eight nine ten eleven twelve hour days and why do you need to be charging seven eight nine hundred a thousand pound when you could completely reduce that down to do less hours, do less appointments, convert better, improve your processes and charge a higher fee so get the same or better financial return for putting less man hours into the and business. still have that work-life balance. And everyone talks about the mythical work-life balance. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, at, pre, you know, at the previous company, there wasn't a work-life balance. You was literally working, especially the LPs, they're working 16 hours a day. They work, work hard. They work hard. They work that hard. Time, you know, for, for the money. So when people do change and, and come on their own, they're their own boss. Yeah. You know, EXP aren't knocking on the door every morning. Get up. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> it's nine o'clock. I mean, I think that's what a lot of agents struggle with. And I don't mind saying I've, I've spoken, continue to speak to a number of paperworks agents, some of which decide that EXP is a feasible route for them. Um, clearly, because we've got a number of paperworks agents in the business now active, and, and, and certainly we don't get them all. Some people decide it's not for them for whatever reason. But I always find that that's the, that's the main question. You know, it's, oh, it's too good to be true. Oh, I've been sold this self-employed concept before. Oh, okay, well, who accesses my diary? All right, okay, well, how many appointments do I have to do? Okay, what's my target for sales? And it's like, no, genuinely, guys, if you want to go and sell one house every 12 months and charge 1,500 quid, then I wouldn't advise it, but good on you. It's up to you. If you want to set the world on fire and be the biggest agent in the country and churn out number after number after number, then that's fine as well. It's completely down to you as the business owner to decide what a good business looks for for you. Um, but potentially a good 
this, this might be a well-positioned part of the chat, Brennan, to kind of slide in this IR35 thing, um, because that's the other side of it as well, right? You know, HMRC are quite strict that if someone's been treated like an employee, as in they're accountable to someone, being managed, they've got territories that they can and cannot operate outside of. And um, if they're being told, um, you know, what when they must be open for business, if someone's got access to the calendar, all these types of things insinuate that somebody is employed, which is why, of course, IR35 was imposed, and that's why we've had such a dramatic restructure on the side of purple bricks but you know for anyone out there listening to this who's maybe from that elk and you're thinking well you know it's only a matter of time before IR35 comes down to the XP and that's going to completely derail their business I just want to emphasize that we've been set up and structured from day one to be prepared for this we're aware of this we're not coming this with our eyes shut we don't have exclusive territories the agents can choose how they promote themselves where they do business what clients they onboard what fees they charge what terms they offer everything about that business the dna from the, the ground up is built in the agent's eye and that's the difference between being self-employed in title but not in reality and truly having your own business um but let's fast forward a little bit mate because whilst we've made the XP sound great and we've both spoke about the benefits of the model and the comparisons between the hybrid space and what we're now offering ultimately you did leave so you touched on a few bits earlier on mate you said that you know i was besotted by a logo i wanted to you know have it branded in a certain way and i felt as though you know i could go out and do it without the support of exp what was the catalyst that caused you to leave the business and for anyone out there who's thinking do you know what agency ownership is for me i do want my name for lights i do want to th do things my way my options are i'm going to go and partner with exp and do it this way or i'm going to go completely independently what advice would you give to that individual i think you have to look at um, there's, there's hidden elements of EXP, which a lot of people don't realize. Uh, although it was right in front of me, I realized what I missed. So typical thing, look, people probably don't realize that you get a phone call from Rightmove with EXP or, or Zoopla. You know, we've got a PA, we've got Miss Moneypenny answering all the calls. So look, you're on your own, you, you're doing evaluation, you're doing a viewing, um, or you're having tea at night, you're in bed, you're going to get phone calls from Rightmove. Now, with EXP, got it covered 24-7. That call is going to be answered in a professional way, a message taken, and an email to you. That's one big thing I, I, I sort of missed and didn't realise it. So I'm, you know, I'm on my own. Right, I'm getting, you know, I think one property I put on the market, I had 47 phone calls on a, on a Saturday morning. I was a switchboard. You know, I'm on my phone answering and people leaving messages. I'm getting messages, emails coming through from Rightmove and Zoopla. And they're doubling up of the phone calls someone just left me an answer message. They've also sent me a message on Rightmove. And I'm just trying to work through them because obviously times are very busy with, with property. So the, the viewings are quite high. And that's where I missed, missed Money Penny because if I was with the XP, they will be taking the ones I couldn't answer. I'd be answering them. I wouldn't miss anybody. Sure. So as a service to the vendor, you're given a better service because you're available 24-7. Yeah. You know, I always say I'll answer my phone eight to eight, seven days a week. If you know, if I get a phone call at 10 o'clock at night, Miss Moneypenny is going to take it. And then it's going to be emailed over to me. And I can decide whether I ring that um, viewer or buyer or I leave it the next morning or just send them a quick message, send I'll be in touch with them in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so that's one big thing. Uh, Next big thing, and it sounds so straightforward, is invoicing. 
So, <laughs> so, so you've sold, you put the house on market, you've sold it, you, you've then gone to exchange. Um, so with me, it's like, right, okay, I've got to send an invoice to the solicitors. And then I've got to chase that invoice and make sure it gets paid into my bank account. At the same time while I'm doing that, I'm also doing a viewing and evaluation and answering calls. With EXP, all taken care. It's all done. You know, um, uh, EXP will sort all the payments out for you. They'll do all the chasing and you just invoice them and then it, it comes straight through. And it, it's just so seamless. So, so straightforward. So that's interesting because I think a lot of people, when I ask that question, and maybe me to a degree, I expect you to, to jump straight in with a finance-led answer as to why you should come to EXP because of the lower financial barrier to entry, it's lower risk, it's a leaner model, all that kind of stuff. But you've gone straight into the service elements and how that's going to benefit the consumer in terms of being part of the EXP network, which is quite interesting and a good answer, to be fair, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've got the other side. Okay, look, go on your own. You're on your own, you've set up, you've got your right move account, you've got Zupa and you know, and all the others, and they're they're taking your money every month. I won't say who, but some are really nice to you, some are really not bothered. If you want to, you know, put switch something on, you know, I mean, premium listings are so expensive, it's unreal. Um, for, for what the uh, portals charge you for a premium listing, when you can get premium listings with exp, they're so much cheaper. Well, I mean, that's the thing, it's it's power by right you know you've got 230 business partners across the country it's a hell of a lot more leverage than you know Brenton and Grantham it's, it's, it's just uh, a reality I'll, I'll be honest look every every customer I bring to the market every property I, I give a free premium listing on Rymoo and I'll be honest it's costing me 20 quid plus back yeah doesn't kill your margin at all does it you know uh, <laughs> Rymoo 160 quid yeah you know yeah, yeah you can get it half price for a certain time but Still a minimum like 90 quid for premium listing. It, 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 it's, it's a lot of difference. And, um, and the little things that people don't always think about, I think. I know that one thing that people will be thinking about, though, is and I don't want to put you on the spot too much, mate, but if you wouldn't mind at least giving us a ballpark, maybe it's the nearest thousand pound, what were your overheads when you was completely alone, alone? Like, what would you be looking at if you'd have stayed? not as part of EXP and stayed completely I was spending, no, I've got two and a half thousand pounds a month that was coming out of my account with all the portals, everything else. You know, CRM system, website, like I paid thousands for a website rebuilt. Well, not rebuilt, I had a microsite with EXP. And then you think when you leave, I've got no website. I need a website room. So yeah. that cost me 2,000 pounds plus back for a website to be built. I know it, it looks good, but it still cost me 2,000 quid when with the XP, it's included yeah. with 125 quid. So, you know, it's pretty crazy. I went out and did that and got my own, got my own um, uh, website. Uh, and then, so, you know, I'm forking out two and a half thousand pounds. You've got to realize that's without my, my own sort of budget that I need to run the house, you know, my own finances. Yeah. So that, that's on its own. So if you compare two and a half thousand pounds compared to 125 pounds, with the XP, it's you know a no-brainer. Look, you, let's be honest. With on on your own, you're getting a hundred percent of your fee. So if you're charging three thousand pounds, you're going to get three thousand pounds. With the XP, you've got the seven to thirty split. So there is an element you're going to be paying over to EXP. But you know, once you've capped and you've capped at twenty-four, you you've paid EXP twenty-four thousand. 
you're getting a whole lot apart from the small amount on completion. Well, mate, I'm, I'm glad that you, you took the conversation in that direction because I think it's a, a point worth referencing. So just very quickly, for anybody listening who's not familiar with what a cap is, of course, anyone listening to this in the network will be well aware, but for those that aren't, um, a cap is effectively a, a threshold of revenue that once you've hit that in a trading year, EXP will stop taking a percentage-based split out of your fees. So to put this into pounds and pence, if you join the network today and you did a £10,000 fee, you're going to get 70% clean. So you'll get seven grand and EXP, I get £3,000. Once EXP have taken uh, 24000 from you over a 12-month trading period, so mathematicians out there, you'll be aware that's an average of two grand a month. At that point, EXP stop taking revenue and you get everything bar a transaction fee of 250 So again, if you did that same £10,000 transaction after you've capped, you're going to get 9750 EXP, take just 250 Now that's important because that's what gives you real longevity in the framework that's what means that the financial needle is always going to be in your favor and a lot of people and i really want to sort of take a minute to explain this because a lot of people think why would i give away 30 percent of my fee but i want you to really reframe this let's look at brenton's overheads of two and a half grand a month which by the way is quite lean for someone who's standing on their own i've spoke to people who've been three to six grand a month quite easily with a very modest structure but let's just go on brendan's low ball of two and a half thousand pound a month that's 30 grand a year now Unfortunately for Brenton, he's committed to paying that £30,000 a year, irrespective of how good of an agent is, regardless of how many he lists, how many he sells, what his completions are. He's paying on day one, he's signing a contract, and no matter what happens, if he never signs or sells a single house, thirty grand is now accounted for in contracts that he's now committed to for a 12-month period. It's as simple as that. Whereas with EXP, you pay 30% of your revenue, but you pay that only out of success fees. Your only core overhead is £125 plus that so 150 pound per month if you don't sell a house that's where your overheads are capped if you are performing and you are transacting because of the capping threshold you're only going to be paying in the region of 24 grand a year anyway which is less than what you was paying as paying up front brendan so when you look at this logically with your numbers hat on and you truly understand the economics and the risk reward it just blows my mind <laughs> <laughs> It really does. It really does. It really does. Um, so now you're back with EXP and then Brenton. What what what's the plan? What does the future look like? Where are you taking the business? I'm going to rewind a little bit there because we're Sorry, speaking mate. about the, the commercials and, and capping. You know, there is two other sort of revenue streams of the XP, which I think a lot of people forget. Yeah. You know, you, you bring so look, I, I was on my own, I went on my own. I've still I still had agents texting me, emailing me, ringing me, still thinking I was with EXP, saying, we're thinking about going self-employed. I'm looking at such and such. Talk to me. And I, was, I wasn't even with EXP. And I was saying, look, mate, I'll be honest with you. If you're going to choose something, you need to go with EXP because of all the models, that's what I went with. It's your lowest overheads and all the benefits and bonuses. So I ended up indirectly selling EXP, but I wasn't even with EXP. Yeah. So I thought, okay, am I missing a trick here? So um, by coming back, you know, I introduced other sort of agents to EXP. There is going to be, you know, a revenue share coming in, which over that last six months, I've probably, you know, have, I've missed out on. But now bringing people on, at least I'm going to get a revenue stream. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, you get rewarded with uh, shares uh, with EXP. 
and that's another I call it a Brucey bonus that that's you know in the pot. So there's those two other elements that are not even taken into account of just the running of the overheads. Right. You don't get those when you're on your own. That's it. There's no, you, you don't, mate. And you know, ironically, I asked about the future, and you said I want to back step on the other two revenue shares. But in a roundabout way, I guess those two those two income streams that you've just referenced really do play into your future. So I guess indirectly, you've answered my question anyway, in that long term for you, of course, the acquisitions, the stocks and shares in the XP World Holdings and the revenue share side of things, i.e. being able to leverage the network to give yourself a strong, somewhat passive residual income is what is ultimately going to A, boost your personal wealth, B, give you an exit strategy, um, and C, take you off the hamster wheel of selling houses if it is that whatever, for whatever reason in the future you can't or simply don't want to be a frontline agent anymore. Um, maybe it's worth us just kind of breaking down very quickly and mindful of time. I know we've been chatting for around 40, 45 minutes at this point, so we'll kind of try and summarise this. But in your work, you know, talk us through the stocks and shares, Brendan. How does that, how does that work? So obviously with the stocks and shares, every time you have a, a completion, you're going to get shares within uh, EXP World Holdings and you know, they're saved in an account for you and you can't excise them for three years. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, in a roundabout way. So I guess really just to kind of in a more simple way to break it down, there's, there's three ways you're going to earn stock, right? So the first one is going to be what you've just said. Um, you get... $200 in stocks and shares whenever you hit your first completion at the start of a brand new year. So you get that for your life. If you're here for 10 years, you know, you'll, you'll get that bonus every year that you're here. So your first completion of every year gets $200 in stocks and shares. You don't pay for that your own money. It doesn't come out of your revenue. It's gifted to you for free. And that vests, you get it at today's price, but that vests for three years. The second way you're going to do it is if you, uh, bring a partner into the business who then goes ahead and sells their house. When one of your um, agents who you introduced to EXP completes an ideal, you're going to get $400 worth of stocks and shares. And again, that vests. And then the third way is that you've got the option to opt into an agent equity program. Effectively, you saying that you'll put 5% of your revenue into purchasing ownership in the business at 10% discount to the um, trade price at that time. And that goes passively into your kind of bank in the background. So the way that I look at it is whether you opt into the agent equity program, whether it's from completing on your own deal, whether it's from bringing new agents into the business, whether the share price goes up, whether it goes down, whether it's doing something in the middle. I just know that as part of doing my job, as part of helping other agents, as part of selling properties in Blackpool, where I live, I know that those stocks and shares are vested in the background. And going back to what I said before, that's the exit strategy, because a lot of people come into business ownership, understandably being distracted by the excitement and the bells and the whistles of today, of getting your first board up, getting your first instruction. No one's thinking 10, 15, 20 years down the line and the, the ownership in the business bona fide ownership in exp is what a culturally connects us all as agents people will be there to see you succeed because if you're succeeding in grantham that's contributing towards the value and the momentum of a business that i own but also it gives you a bona fide exit so you've got a pension pot you've got money to buy property to do whatever you want to do with down the line and as we're finding at the minute whilst we all know stocks and shares can go up and down the growth is quite exciting we're benchmarking a million agents globally over the next 10 years across 100 countries we're expanding very quickly in the uk alone so you know, I think it's an exciting time and something that shouldn't be overlooked. And I, I make that emphasis, Brendan, because I know that as agents, as people, people, as transaction people, we're used to selling houses. We love the hustle and bustle of the day to day. We love the challenge of growing our agencies. 
we're not share trade. We're not, we're not stock traders. We don't share. We don't trade in the in the share in the in the uh, in the market. So people overlook this. They acknowledge that oh that sounds pretty cool, but they don't truly understand it. And it's important to really emphasize that this is bona fide ownership. It's not options. I'm not going to rip them away from that. That's that's there. You own that stock the same way as you own your car or your house or, or whatever it is. You know, you you own this asset that at some point in the future you can liquidate. A lot, of, a lot of self-employed people completely forget pension. Because if you're self-employed, you're not going to get a pension when, when you're older, unless you, you know, pay into your own pension fund or set some sort of pension fund up and you know, guarantee all the other self-employed models or even when you're on your own, on your own, there's no pension pot at the end. Um, when with the XP, you know, the shares are almost classed as that's the pension pot at the end if you do want to exit. Yeah. And and you can you can cash in on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's that, that's huge. And that that's for me, that's what's the most exciting unknown yeah. because we can never look forward into the future, but we can't take lessons from the past. And you know, I'm looking back now to some of our colleagues in the US. Brent and some of these guys got in when it was 20, 25 cents a share. Even even when I started, you know, when, when we first launched in the UK back in October 19, it was six dollars a share. And today we're at what eighty dollars a share. So there's that exponential growth. I mean, we've made we've made more multimillionaires out of stock ownership than we have from anything else, from selling houses or, or any other sort of uh, any other revenue stream. So for me, that's exciting. You know, we've just acquired the Success Magazine, an entrepreneur magazine which operates globally, founded in the 1800s, got amazing heritage. We've just acquired a tech company. You know, we're selling our software into universities, into blue chip businesses. That's had a massive contributing factor to the share price. As I touched on, you know, this is a global opportunity. We've just opened France, Portugal, Mexico, Australia. You know, this is all since we joined just, you know, two short years ago. So, yeah, it's an exciting time is what I'm trying to say. You need to have one eye on the here and now, but you also have to have one eye on the future, right? And, and how that yeah. business looks for you and your family in a decade's time. And for me, that's what's really exciting. Yeah, 100%. So man, Brenton, well, I thank you so much for your time today and sharing the story. You are one hell of a unicorn in that you've been in the hybrid space at quite a high level, coming to EXP, left EXP because you thought the grass was greener. And of course, oh, come, you, back you, EXP. Come, come back complete 360. So mate, it's amazing. Yeah, we're ready time. to rock and roll again. We're ready to rock and roll onwards and upwards. And I can't wait for what the future's got in store, mate. Thank you for taking yeah. the time. Thanks a lot, mate. Bye. Thanks, bye-bye.